You're watching The Sports Objective, the podcast for pirates. You're listening to Absolute Empowerment with Coach Jeff Connors on The Sports Objective. Join Coach C, a USA Strength and Conditioning Hall of Famer, every Monday night to see in a variety of guests, including former players, former and current coaches, pastors, and others will discuss relevant issues in coaching today's athlete with the goal of equipping the athlete and those coaching them with the physical, mental, and spiritual armor necessary to live their best life. Here's Coach Connors. Uh, welcome to Absolute Empowerment. Uh, today we've got a very special guest we're going to be talking to. Uh, fast Willie Parker, uh, who I had the privilege of coaching uh, at UNC Chapel Hill. And then uh, Willie now has still holds the uh, record for the longest run from scrimmage in Super Bowl history. So we are recording on Super Bowl Sunday here uh, and dedicating this little pre-recording to uh, Willie's run, which still, still stands. Willie, great, uh, glad to have you on the program. Man, thanks for having me, Coach. I appreciate it, man. <laughs> so what I'm going to do is I'm going to recognize our sponsor here, and then we'll get rolling. Okay, good stuff. Uh, we've got uh, Ed Watkins Marine is our sponsor. Ed Watkins Marine has two locations to serve you as they are located in Denver and Cornelius, North Carolina, in the greater Charlotte area of our state. <laughs> he has fishing boats, pleasure boats, pontoon boats, center consoles, family-friendly bow riders trailers, engines, and UTVs. He has all the brands you are seeking. Sea Pro, Suncatcher, Pontoons, Tritoons, Stingray, Yamaha, Suzuki, Mercury, Vexus, Bass Boats, Explore, Skiffs, and more. Whether you're looking for a new boat or to repower your existing boat, Ed Watkins can help you with your boating needs. Visit them online at edwatkinsmarine.com. We appreciate Big Ed's support of the show. And Big Ed was notably the most enthusiastic and positive individual I ever coached. Thank you, Big Ed. All right, Willie, we're back. And uh, so uh, I, when we're talking about boats here, I got a little bit of a memory. We went up to Pennsylvania. We were on that Monongahela River. My friend Andy had that, uh, I think that pontoon boat. We were dragging somebody behind with it. It was tubing that day. I don't know if you remember that. Man, I remember going on the boat, but I don't remember dragging nobody. Through the yeah, but uh, you got a little bit concerned when we start taking in a little bit of water. So <laughs> <laughs> that's what's up, man. That sounds about right. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, what we want to do first, Willie, is uh, you know we got a lot of memories to to revisit, but I want to talk a little bit about uh, Clinton, North Carolina, and. Uh, kind of your upbringing in Clinton, North Carolina, a little bit about uh, the town, uh, particularly the influences you had growing up as a young man. Uh, can you kind of allude to that a little bit? Um, Clinton, North Carolina, you know, um, it's a very, very, very tight-knit town, you know. And um, we don't – we didn't have um, too much – or too many distractions growing up. Right? So if you're an athlete or you're trying, you're inspired to, to be somebody, you know, that can, that can, how can I say, that can embody 
a professionalism or you can grow higher or you want to have aspirations of growing higher in any field you won't have too many distractions you can stay focused and me myself by playing football you know i was inspired by just you know each and every day just working on my craft working on my craft so clinton is um one of those towns you know if you're really serious about you know doing something you can really hone in and um get the job done man and um i was i was just blessed to, to be raised in such a uh, you know magnificent and fabulous town or city the <laughs> clinton man i hear you tell me a little bit about your family growing up the family growing up man we was we was again we were tight-knit man um everybody was you know you know we um we was always together always doing something uh, my parents um you know they were my dad got in the he got in the church real real heavy when i got into high school um my mother she always was a hard working lady um she she always kept a job she always you know each and every night cooking for like like you know me myself myself and uh, my two brothers and um and my sister when she was visiting um so we was like you know a real close family and um you know, we we still we still a little bit tight today, you know, and that's how it's supposed to be. We have a, a strong bond. Awesome, man. So tell me a little bit about uh, growing up and uh, having an aspiration to be one of what we call the uh, Clinton Dark Horses. Tell me about the Dark Horses. Man, the Dark Horses that um, that tradition um, it runs deep, man. Um, you know, it starts in little league football. You see high school coaches coming out, just, you know, checking out little league um, games and you, you know, it don't make sense until it makes sense. You never, you never knew the reason until you're in the limelight, until you're in the, on that stage. And, um, you know, it starts from an early age on up to middle school. And um, of course they know what you've been doing, you know, in school and on, in any sports of um in any sports that you played like as you came up so by the time you get to high school they had they familiar with you know what position you're gonna play what position you played in the past what you're good at you know and you know it's up to you if you want to play something else to go tell the coach hey no i don't want to play that anymore i want to play something else you know and um it's just it's just family oriented man and you know to be a dark horse man is is it's really really it's an honor like to, to carry that black and gold and go to a championship and then win a championship and and host those banners up and you know go back and to this day it's really special for myself to go back when i go back and look you know at our state championships like you know just you know hosted or the banners hosted in the stadium Gotcha. Uh, how many state championships uh, did Clinton win? Um, total or total altogether? Yeah. I think Clinton won um, total, it had to be about six or seven. Wow. Something like that. They won six or seven. And um, I know I was blessed to win two back to back. We had a chance to win three. 
we dropped the ball, coach. On that well, uh, yeah, I became familiar with your head coach a little bit. I think his son's name was Rocky, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. Rocky was. Yeah, and Rocky was here at ECU uh, for a while. But uh, tell me a little bit about the head coach. Man, that that's a great guy, man. He's a father figure, and um, you know, obviously he has his own family, but he he treated that football team as a second family, you know, and he instilled principles, values, morals. It just didn't start and stop on that football field. He'll go in the classroom. He made sure he go through those halls in the school. He's in the principal's office making sure that you're doing what you're supposed to do. And he, one thing that I love that he did, he got all the, the ball players in this class, like fourth period, like everybody's in his class. He making sure as soon as you leave that, that his class, you ain't goofing off. You going to that field house. You going to that field house. You know you got a couple minutes field house practice stretch about to start. You know, so he he he's definitely one of like a kind type of guy, man. And um, I love that guy. He um he definitely made not only myself feel at home, but a lot of other athletes that came through as well. Um, you know he'll call every now and again. Just he has a sense of humor. He'll cut a little joke, you know, and just. You know, hey man, I haven't heard from you in a little bit. You know, you know, and he's he's one of those guys that that that's always gonna be known for what he's done, cause what he's done as a coach in Clinton, North Carolina, and as a person, like with a lot of kids that he sent off to school. Gotcha. Well, I know I always wonder because I thought, man, there got to be something in the water there with running backs because, you know, I got to coach three great running backs, three great people from Clinton, North Carolina, who, you know, Jairus McPhail, uh, Leonard Henry, and yourself, uh, three, basically three of the finest people I've ever coached. And uh, yeah, along with being great running backs and, and, and having great speed. So I don't know uh, what was going on in that town with speed development either, but, uh, you know. You guys can certainly run, and I think all three of you guys play in the league, right? Yeah, we all played in the league, man. And, um, yeah, like from Jerry's, Jerry's passed on a lot to Skinner. Skinner passed on a lot to me, myself, and they expected me to do the same thing to whoever else came, like, you know, after me. And um, I think we do – we did a great job in the past – of like just passing on the torch, you know, and um, right. and then you know, I think really what solidified everything that we came to a great strength coach and strength coordinator <laughs> within yourself, man. You you did your thing, man. You um, you 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 can't sell yourself short, man. You put us over the top, man. I think that kind of sprinkled everything what we had going on in Clinton, man. It, it just took us to a whole nother level with your mentality. Yeah, really and with your coaching. I really appreciate that. You know, uh, Leonard's a pastor, of course. And I mean, what, what a great man uh, Leonard is. And uh, I just love talking to him. I've had him on a couple podcasts and I'm, I really want to get Jairus on at some point too. And I know, I know Jairus was in the childcare uh, business for a while. Is that what Jairus is still doing? Yeah, man. He's doing, he's doing a lot in Clinton, man. He has a lot, a lot of businesses and side hustles going on, man. Um, he he's really dialed in, man, and he's he's making he's he's making a name for himself, like even in the business world as um as well. Yeah, you know he was a GA for us 
up at Carolina for a while. So mm -hmm. uh, that was pretty cool as well. That was really yeah. cool. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about you being recruited out of high school. You know, I was at East Carolina when we started recruiting you, and that's why I was familiar with you, of course. And then that that's, at that time, I actually, you know, came to uh, Carolina that year. Uh, when you came to Carolina, I think we both came there the same year. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was very happy at that point that you chose Carolina because I was going to have an opportunity to coach you. And so uh, talk a little bit about your uh, recruiting experience out of high school. Man, I thought the recruiting experience out of high school, you know, was amazing. It was going to different colleges and, you know, they they show you around campus. You get to hang with players, players that you looked up to, players that you've seen on television. And, and you know, you get to find a little bit more about – you get not find, but you get to see a little bit more inside of the program – academics athletics you know and they get to talk to your parents and and you know sell themselves to you i was being recruited by east carolina and east carolina i think was my first visit i ever went on and i went up there and i had a ball man it was a blast they showed me me and my family a great time had great food um it was just it was just you know something that it was surreal it was like a surreal moment and and then and then a lot of other in-state schools started coming around and, and you know trying to top the last school it was just like a carousel man but it's a beautiful thing being recruited um in high school man i, I enjoy that moment and you know I, I think about it all the time when young athletes t talk about, you know, being recruited, they're going to go take a visit. I like, enjoy yourself, enjoy this moment, man, because you're going to look back one day and you're going to just reminisce and like, yeah, they, I did this, I did that. I met this person, man, just take it all in and make the right decision. Gotcha. What was the uh, deciding factor to come to Carolina? Um, Carolina, see, I, I was a, you know, diehard Tar Heel. I always saw myself, like, running the rock at UNC, you know, being a tailback at UNC as a youngster, you know. And that was always a dream of mine, you know. And I, I, I'm a firm believer that, you know, if you dream it, you, you believe it, you believe it, then you can see it. And that was something that I always, you know, went off of. And I... I I didn't stop, even though, even though I had other colleges um, that I was wanting to attend, I've so heartily wanted to attend University of North Carolina. Yeah, so uh, tell me a little bit about uh, your best experiences at Carolina, both athletically and and uh, socially. Man, I had a great, I had a lot of great times at UNC, man. Um, socially. You know, I met a lot of great people, man. A lot of great coaches, um, a lot of great people in admin, um, a lot of students that, you know, wasn't on a football team or wasn't around a lot. You know, I met a lot of, just a lot of people that helped me, you know, mature as a person and as well as an athlete. Like a lot of my brothers on a football team or in sports, man, we, um, you know, we, we, <clears throat> We, we stay connected. Like, you know, it's it's like a brotherhood. You know, you, you play ball, 
on that field. And then, you know, when ball is over, you know, you live in your, your lives, you got to, you know, stay connected somehow, some way, you know, and, oh, yeah. uh, and it is what it is though. And athletically, some of the, you know, some interesting moments, like when I played ball, you know, I, I just remember training camps, you know, it being tough, like <laughs> summers being tough, 110s, 300s. I always remember running 300s and me knowing, me thinking at that particular moment, I missed it that morning. I, I got like six. The, the, I think the test was like we had to do eight to start off with. And um, I come to you, and I'm like, man, there's no way I could do this. There's no way. i like, coach, there's no way I could make this. <laughs> I tried my hardest, man. And they had to push me around for six, man. And then how you just, you know, made us, you know, mentally tougher by telling us, like, no, the standard is the standard. What, it, what, it, what you want us to do? You want me to drop it? Want me to drop the number? I ain't dropping no number. Like, no. I'm gonna go up and I'm gonna go up two more. We doing ten. Like <laughs> I was like, he's nuts. I was like, man, you know, and I just remember that man and just getting through that. It was like such a relief. It was such a relief knowing that, you know, at one particular time, like probably day weeks before you said, I'm telling myself I can't. And then like weeks after like by a coach that you trust, who you believe have your best interest at heart, best interest like in mind, like best, like everything. Like you believe this guy, like, and you go put it all on the line and you pass it. Like you like, man, you can do anything. I can do anything. I'm feeling like bulletproof. Like I can do whatever, man. And like, and I wasn't the only one. They other players feeling the same way. They're like, shit, I did it. I felt like you passed your, you got your, like, yeah. I like, man, I got to get mine now. I like, you know, being jacked up, man, those moments, man, I always live, always, you know, reminisce on and even coaching my son up. Like, don't say what you can't do, man. Let's go. Like you yeah. can't do it, man. It's all mental, man. Like you start saying yeah. you can't do it. That's what's, that's what's going to happen. You're going to stop on level on number six, number seven, of like you got ten, like you're gonna stop somewhere in, in that in that middle, and you ain't gonna be able to do it. And like how 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 good you want to be? If you want to be great, you're gonna take that mind and, and, and go somewhere else with it, man. And I learned that from like a great strength coach, man, uh, within yourself, man. And I appreciate you, man. I love you to this day, man. I still <laughs> think you're crazy, man. But hey, man, you 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 a beast, man, with what you got going on, coach. Uh, much appreciated. Um, you know, the whole thing is I just believed in toughness. I believe that you can instill toughness in people and they could say, well, scientifically, you know, maybe you shouldn't run 300s on a Tuesday. But I was like, OK, well, I got a whole nother purpose with this thing. And, you know, really, I mean, mo mostly all the former players that I talked to that I've ever coached, they always talk about the 300s. And it's just something that kind of evolved. and. Uh, I'm just so happy that the end result of that was I know that I can get through anything in life because I got through that. And, uh, you know, and that's, that's very satisfying to me. So I, I very much appreciate that. But I, I wanted to tell you that now that you've mentioned that, 
you basically came back and proved to me that that you were extremely tough because you know you when you were with the Steelers, you come back run 16 110s with one group in the morning, go get the sled, do uh weighted sled sprints in the sand pit, and then come back later and run another 16 110s. I, I've never seen anybody do that. So uh Props to you on that. We're going to talk a little bit more about how you, you know, you survived from six years in the NFL. And, uh, but, uh, you know, I definitely wanted to, to mention that because when the other guys on the team at that time saw you coming back in the summer and doing that, you know, it was blowing their minds and it made them work hard. It was a great example for them. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll never forget that. And I, well, I always appreciate that. So, uh, you know, before you, uh, well, you know, we had some other running backs at that time, too. Ronnie McGill and uh, Chad, Chad Scott. Chad Scott's now the running backs coach of West Virginia. Uh, of course, Ronnie was a big, strong kid that could run. Uh, I, I thought he was in the NFL doing something, too, for a while. But I don't know what he's doing. But, uh, but uh, basically, um, you didn't get probably quite as many reps as you wanted that one year. I don't know if you were banged up a little bit, but – I know you were on a mission after that. And then, uh, you know, we, we started training and we went over there to uh, a Southern village. And I told you about Walter Payton, how he ran them hills. And, you know, we, we started running that 240 yard hill straight up. And, uh, you know, I remember going with you up to, to Steeler uh, camp when you first went, we, we actually trained at that high school that one day. And I took you around to meet some of my friends because I'm from that area, and they're like, yeah, Willie's a free agent coming in, and yeah, he'll probably make, he'll be there a few weeks, whatever. Little did they know you would, you'd be there for six years as a starting tailback and have the longest run in Super Bowl history, so uh, wow, man. Wow. But uh, One thing I want to say about that, Coach, like going back to first, I want to touch on going back to UNC, man. Going back to UNC, and, and running in the morning and come back running in the afternoon and going in the evening running, man, you are still something in, in myself. You, you push, you push us to the limit, man. And, and, you know, you have to have a little bit of psycho in you when you're playing this sport, man. And when you have a coach that, you know, encourage you to be great, like, man, you can go far as you possibly, you know, far as, wherever wherever those stars at man you, if you shoot for them a coach telling you to shoot for them every single day no matter what it is man you can go far as you want to go and um you used to you used to encourage us a lot like in your way like and you ain't take no bs man and it was cool like because you related to us you knew where we was at like you know you related to everybody like you know so it was kind of cool man and ronnie he's um the pr guy in new england i want to okay. say I want to say he's at Houston now, the PR guy at Houston. But, um, yeah, and being with those group of guys, man, all those tailbacks over time, man, we had a talented room. And, you know, like that, I really do believe that strength and conditioning aspect of it. And I know that strength and conditioning aspect for me is what made me endure, like, you know, not getting those carries, not getting the ball, not getting my name called out on the big speakers inside the stadium. Like, you know, it was something else resonating for me, even though, I'm, and I'm not blaming anybody. I'm gonna I'm a, I'm a just take all the blame for myself. 
like but by being mentally like getting my that mind stronger out there on that that three hundreds on around that field three hundreds and one tens running those one tens man it, it made me like you know really you know strong like where I could take anything man and then yeah your friends great group of guys but um yeah we had something else in mind I won't go out there wasting your time at that high school like and you know and and you believed. You believe that you won't get in your time. Like, I won't waste your time. You believe that you were doing this for a purpose. You know, I sense yeah. that. You feel well, me? See, I, I knew about you. That's the thing. Because you ran a 4-3-4 for me. And when I took that 3-4-3-4 to Gary Tranquil, and, you know, Tranquil's a great coach, man. I, I You know, I'm not saying nothing negative about Trank, but Tranquil's like, ah, you know, there's no way Willie ran a 4-3-4. I'm like, I don't know, man. I got a pretty good watch. I think you ran a four three four, and then you went pretty to still sure, on a four two eight. Your watch, if, if anything, my watch was slow. Yeah, man, that's good stuff. He great. Trigger is a great guy, man. Yeah, you you had you had that watch, man. That watch it took me to a whole nother level, man. So before we leave uh, uh, UNC, let's talk a little bit about you know. I'd like to know your opinion of the NIL, the portal, and uh, I'd like to know your opinion. What what you think has been happening to UNC at the end of the year, the last three years, where they just fall off and lose like four or five games in a row or whatever. It's kind of crazy. Man, um, you know, it's, it's, it's good to watch them at the beginning of the season, but at the end of the season, to watch how they fall off, man. And now I'm a fan. I'm just a, a straight fan now, like in, in football. And so I talked to other fans, other alumni and other people. And, you know, you know, you want to say, and, and they talked to me, they asked me questions. I say, well, my opinion, I think, you know, you know, strength and conditioning always plays a part, but it's the mental part of that strength and conditioning, man, that mentality, man, of 300. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, I, I, I feel like that, it's somewhere around in that area, man. And I, I really don't know because the first half of the season, they scoring. They scoring so quick. They scoring, scoring so quick. And then sometimes, you know, most of the times in the second half, it's our defense. Our defense not really holding up. But if you look at the first half of the season, you'll see our defense. They not, it's not the best in the first half of the season. But, yeah. they get by. but the second half of the season, they just – it seems like we just fall apart, you yeah. know, and, you know, and they have some good athletes. So, you know, me, I, I just, I'm more of, of like, you know, that strength and conditioning, like type of athlete, man. So, right. You know, so I, I would point it in that direction, man. Like we have to get more, you know, in tune with our strength. We got to get more in tune in the mind of the athlete, you know, yeah, no doubt. I mean, uh, yeah, it could be mental toughness. It could be maybe some conditioning. I don't know. You know, I, I have no idea. But, I, you know, somebody asked me about it this year, and I said, I, I really can't speak to it. I said, the only thing I can say is it's, you know, sometimes when things happen that that, that way, it's more of a something between the ears or somebody's uh, maybe not as loyal as they should be to the program. They're already thinking about something else. You know, and, or you know, you you don't have the leadership on the team, you know. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, those and, those would be kind of my ideas. 
and I got you in the NIL and you're not wrong. Like nobody's wrong, like for voicing their opinions, you know, but the NIL, I think, um, I think it's well-deserving, like as a former athlete, like, you know, some athletes, they get money, they, you know, they can move how they want to move, um, when they want to move to another team and, and, you know, and compete for a championship or whatever the case may be, or take their family to, you know, their, their, their team of choice. But one thing I will say about the NIL, um, in my mind, you know, I think it's too much at, at one time, even though I was a former athlete, man, it's a lot, like, for these kids. They, I was reading something earlier before I got in the sauna. The third-string running back at Maryland said, He's gonna get on in the portal if they don't give him a hundred thousand dollars. The third string running back in yeah, Maryland. I saw, I saw I that. Like, wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> me being the third string running back in college, and I, I can just only imagine, like you know, but you know, would I took that hundred dollars and did something like that? Man, yes. Like you know, but at the end of the day. I think some of the higher like authorities should they gotta they gotta do something to put a cap on it, like because it's it's going crazy out here, man. Just you know, like yeah. tampering down, watering down the sport. Like college yeah. football, a lot of yeah. people love watching college football because they hungry, they going to get it. But it's like they do the NFL players now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, I can't imagine it. You know, here here comes some guys in the weight room. They, you know, they, they're making five times what I'm making. I'm like, all right, we're gonna do some power cleans today. Uh, and I don't, I don't know if I want to do cleans today, Coach. I might hurt my back, man. Yeah, I got, yeah. I got big money. I can't, you know, I can't risk it. <laughs> That's tough, man. That's tough. That's tough for yeah. a coach. Like, oh, I yeah. can coach and get on somebody. If like you worried about them leaving, like you know, yeah. Could you could you imagine coaching like you know? I know he's in the Hall of Fame now, but a high a high caliber athlete like Julius Peppers, like in college, where he can have the authority to go anywhere he want to go. Like, right. man, that's yeah. man, that's tough. I couldn't I couldn't coach that. Yes. Yeah, well, same thing like at a program like East Carolina. You know, I talked to Steve Logan one day, and you know, on a podcast, he's like, "Hey, you know, what we did is we developed people. So by the time we got them to their senior year, it was right where we needed them. But then all of a sudden, they'd be leaving. So that would have been, you know, I'm I'm glad I wasn't part of that. So I'm, you know, I'm I'm, I'm glad I'm retired for that reason for sure. Yeah, I understand, so, man. That's tough, man. No doubt. But yeah, man, I wanted to talk to. Uh, Go ahead and let's get into a little bit of uh, your experience with the Steeler family. And uh, when you first went to camp, I was always curious, like, what did Willie do to impress these people? You know, where they they hung on to him. They started to believe in him. Now, talk a little bit about that. Well, you know, you know my mentality in, um, in college, man. I'm going to work, 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 work. And, um. Uh, you know, at camp, I used to work, go to training camp, work, go in the weight room, work. I used to run. 
they used to have hills um at, in Latrobe. They used yeah. to hills, and not only that, I had people like I I used to do stuff like that my first year. Um, then you see more athletes doing it with me, you know, more players doing it with me, you know. Yeah. More players in the indoor facility with me early in the morning. I'm gonna meet you at six o'clock. I right, six o five. Like we in there getting it, you know, getting to it, you know. Then we go into the weight room in the morning. Then go to meetings, you know. It was, it was like one of those, um, you know, dreams that came true for me, you know, right. being with other professionals and, you know, doing what you love, like you know, and that's training my body, man, training my mind. Yeah. You know, and um, it, it was it was beautiful, man. And I used to just, uh man, in practice, used to go so hard in practice, man. Tire myself out after practice, always doing something. And that was the tip for six years. That was Willie Parker. You know, and now, uh, that was him. When you when you got to camp, that first year. And as you progressed, who were the guys you had to move ahead of at that point? Um, the guys I had to move ahead of. So um, I was like probably the fifth back. Jerome, Deuce, Varon. They had a guy named Dante Brown that was there. He was he's been on he was on practice squad two times. He played at Memphis, so it was a stacked house, um, you know. So. So I had a I had to move up and move up real fast. I had I had weeks, probably like a month at most. Right. But I started I started the mini camp though. OTAs started early. Gotcha. Yeah. So That's awesome. Yeah, man. It was it was like a it was a beautiful thing. So did they get your 40 time when you first got there or when did they get that 428? They got that. They got that forty time when I um. Bu- 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 bu, that was. That had to be. That had to be in the middle. That's a great question, Coach. Well, I know I, one thing. They got it. They still got it everywhere online and everywhere else. You could see that four two eight. So it was legit. <laughs> no doubt about that. That was yeah. That was. Yeah, that that changed a lot of heads, man. That turned a lot of heads, coach. Now, uh, you know, of course, I grew up in the Pittsburgh area, and uh, you know, you met my one of my best friends, uh, Rand. Well, Andy's a good friend of mine. He's the one who had the boat, but my other friend Randy, uh, he got all six Super Bowl uh, rings tattooed on his back. So that's the kind of fans you got there. And so talk a little bit about the Steeler fans, man. How you know what was your experience in, in downtown Pittsburgh? And and you know, we went around to a few places a couple of times when I came up there, and they were, you know, this kind of blew my mind how everybody knew uh fast Willie Pete. Man, first and foremost, tell Andy and his family I said what's up, man. Make sure you tell Randy. And his family, I said, what's up as well, man. Two great guys, man. Um, they always, before I even made the team, they were showing me a lot of love, like a lot of love, man. And I, I'm always going to cherish those moments that we had um, before I, I went and um, went to minicamp in Pittsburgh, man. Those are some great guys. Yeah, great fam. 
But Pittsburgh is still a family, man. Oh man, they they one of a kind, man. They love still a football. And um, you know, they make it easy to go and play a one o'clock game, a one PM game, like at, at, at the stadium, you know, because they they bring in all their energy. Like as soon as you wake up, they downstairs in the in the lobby of the hotel, they on the streets. Like no matter where you at, you can be in Pittsburgh, you can be in at a, you know, Baltimore, you can be no matter where you at, they there. Like, you know, and they're gonna be showing their support. They're gonna be giving you their energy, you know, being eleventh man, wherever, whatever state you're at. And um it was great playing like in front of such a great fan base. I think they they pushed me more than they ever know, like by the extra cheers and even when I wasn't myself by, you know, them just, hey, man, hey, we got a game this week. You better figure that, you better figure that out. We got, we got to go, you know. They some great fans, man, the best fans ever. Oh, yeah. Well, you see, I got my black and gold on. A hundred percent. But, uh, you know, I went down to see the Falcons play last year. They playing the Steelers, but, you know, uh, Arthur Smith, okay, mm-hmm. who, Coached him through his career at Carolina. He's, he's a head coach in the NFL. How, how about our? How about Ben Johnson was like the walk-on quarterback. He's an offensive or a coordinator for the Detroit Lions this year. He'll probably end up being a head coach. This stuff kind of blows my mind that I coach these people and uh, and what they've accomplished since. And, uh, you know, it's there's some intelligent, talented people for sure. You know, so I'm very proud of those guys. But uh, T.J. Yates was down there. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was coaching uh, receivers, and then uh, Dwayne Ledford was O line coach who I had at ECU. So all three of them guys. Man, that's some good stuff, man. So I mean, it's like wow, man. So, uh, so yeah, man. If you uh, you ever go go back to see a Steeler game, let me know, man. I'll meet you up there. And, man, let's uh, go. Let's go do it. This <laughs> let's go do it. We gotta go. Arthur check. Smith is now the offensive coordinator for the Steelers. We gotta go check him out, man. His play caller, man. He's yeah, gonna, exactly. That's wow. That's that's amazing, man. No doubt, man. No doubt. So, uh, uh, you know, I uh, had Kevin Colbert on uh podcast, uh, you know, after he had retired, you know, the Steelers uh, GM, of course, mm-hmm. vice president, whatever. And then, you know, uh, and of course, he had been with the Steelers for such a long time. Did you, uh, did you have any experiences with him or the Roonies or, you know, what the – what can you say a little bit about the ownership? You know, I had I had some of the grandsons in school down in Florida, actually. Mm-hmm. They they have they have a great um, thing going, man. It's a great family. They definitely make it so that it's family based. They 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 embrace you when you come in as a Steeler, and as you leave, like when you leave. Uh, Pittsburgh, the final game, they always show you love and 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 respect and support whatever you got going on. Kevin Colbert, almost every Sunday or Monday, he'll send me a text um, encouraging me to to get on the Zoom call on Tuesday. Like, so, and he he's he's um still affiliated with the Steelers in some way, but he stepped down. Um, his role, um, but 
you know, things like that, man, means the world to me, man. You know, he he reaches out, shoot me a text. Hey, man, this is what we're talking about this week. You know, hopefully you can join in, you know, and, and the, the Roonies, man, they, they're a great family, man. And, you know, they're going to bring some more championships to Pittsburgh. They're going to figure yeah. it out. And they're gonna bring some more and and to that organization, man. That organization is great, man. I love that organization, man. And I can't wait that we win another championship just for those people that you just named, man. It's a great group of people, and you know, great group of men. And I love like you know playing for them. Gotcha. Well, you know, his uh, I talked to him about that that Zoom thing that he's, he's doing. I actually. Uh, uh, try that a little bit myself, but it's, uh, I think it's called lend a hand mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, basically just guys that get out of the league and, you know, sometimes they have a little bit of hard time finding their way after a few years or, you know, somebody might even run into some financial problems and so forth, but keeping that connection is very important because, uh, you know, the statistics sometimes, uh, if you look at them with guys, they played in the NFL, you know, 10 years later, sometimes it doesn't look too good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's, I think it's great what he's doing and, you know, what a fine man he is. So uh, yeah. really appreciated the opportunity to speak with him. And, um, and of course, uh, you know, my man, old Jerry O, you know, Jerry O was uh, oh. mm-hmm. helped us in Carolina and then, <laughs> then he coached with the, you know, played for the Steelers, of course, and coached with the Steelers for a number of years. I'm not sure where he is now, uh, but, uh, man, what a great guy he was as well. Um, so uh, what what do you think, if you're talking to guys, you know, who are have an opportunity to go to the NFL, what do you think are some of the primary components that are going to give you longevity there? I mean, you went – six years as a running back, which is incredible because you take such a beating. And uh, also I'd like you to talk a little bit about how important it is to be able to play with pain. Yeah. So the first thing, um, you know, major component, one of the major components that you will need, um, and this I'm talking to you like I'm, as I'm talking to a younger player or younger athlete, you have to get your sleep. You have to get your nutrition. You have to, all that stuff, your diet, you can't be really taking too much in your body without taking care of your body. You you definitely need that sleep at night. That partying and all that stuff is going to come, but it's going to take a toll on your body. So your body is everything, man. And um, you have to treat it as, uh, you have to treat it as, you know, you have to treat it as, um, you know, your, 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 I guess treat it as a asset and 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 pretty much you know every night you, you got to have a routine that next day you can't get get out of that routine but it has to be a positive routine like each and every day this is something that like I was bad at as far as taking care of my body and my nutrition now I used to work out and all that stuff but I used to beat my body up in other ways and you know and that's what i failed at that's why i only played six years because it came and it caught up with me um far as um the last part of your question um what was the last part what you say how do you word it 
Now, basically, you know, how do you, what are the, what are the components that contribute to longevity in the NFL? And then uh, how important was it for you to play with pain? Yes, the playing with pain part. Like playing with pain. You're going to play with some pain. You have to, that pain tolerance. Um, you're going to have to do some things that you probably thought or be thinking that you can't do, you know, because, you know, if you put that, that guy that's behind you, he's usually better than you. Like you put him on the field, if you give him chances and more opportunities, you know, it can be, you know, it can, it can, it can get him more, more confidence, you know, and, you know, it's one of those, ah, oh, man, can you go out there and play with this, this particular or this level of pain, or do you need some rest? Like, you'll know if you need rest. Um, you'll know if you're injured. Now, if you're injured, you can't play, but pain, you have to get out there and play because that guy behind you, the more opportunities you get or you give him, he'll end up like being that guy sooner. Right. And that's how it goes. I got you, man. Yeah, you know, I played uh, at a school, Salem, West Virginia. And uh, I always tell people I was the last white corner in college football. But, mm. you know, I played, I played strong corner, which I went to the strong side every time. We played a lot of zones. So, I was already lined up six, seven yards deep, so it was hard for anybody to beat me deep. You know, we played a lot of zone. But uh, I, you know, I, I always wanted to trade responsibilities with the strong safety so I could come up and hit somebody, you know. But but my senior year, the first game of the season, I broke two bones in my hand, and it hurt. And I said – and it's just like you said. The guy behind me, he was faster than me. You know, he, you know, he couldn't wait to get on the field. I'm like, oh, nah. This guy ain't getting on the field. I'm not, I'm not telling anybody my hand's broke. So uh, I played that whole season with a broken hand. Man, every time I hit somebody, it hurt. But uh, I put one of, my, one of them old hand pads on it, you know, taped it up a little bit. But, mm -hmm. but I, I know exactly what you're saying, man. I mean, I knew that was no chance of me going to the league. I had to get whatever I could out of that senior year, you know. Mm-hmm. You got to That's what you got to do. Mm-hmm. But uh, I also remember a time in Pittsburgh, you know, and let's we got to we got to mention Greg and, and Jeff, you know, uh, Jeff Reed and, and Greg Warren. Uh, also, you know, Carolina players. I, I want to get Jeff on a podcast one of these days, but, uh, you know, a great place kicker. But, you know, I had uh, I had my cousin who was a, an attorney in Pittsburgh, mm -hmm. kind, of a, kind of a famous attorney, remember? Mm -hmm. He bought he bought P Diddy's Bentley and came and picked us up. We went. <laughs> he came and did a camp for us. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and Marty, he's passed on since then. But um, uh, but uh, I don't know if you remember that trick you played on me in that restaurant. But I just want to mention that I'm not going. I'm not going to talk about it. But <laughs> Rest in peace, Marty. Man, that was a great guy. Yeah. Man, great guy. Yeah. Great, great guy. But Great. yeah, you got me, man. You got me that day. <laughs> hey, you have to have a little bit of humor sometimes. You feel me? I got you, man. Yeah. I, you. I love you, my brother. <laughs> I got to try to figure out how to prank you one of these days to get you back. <laughs>
hundred percent. Let's talk a little bit about. Uh, I definitely want to talk about your foundation, and uh, tell me a little bit about that. Um, the foundation. Um, you know, before we before we touch on the foundation, coach, let's talk about Jeff Reed and um Greg Warren, man, great okay. guy. I think it was it was kind of surreal playing like you know in the same city with them guys man knowing i played college football with them you know and we we got somewhat of a relationship man i thought it was so cool like right. coming from saying what's up to them chopping it up man that um um Hey, go ahead and repeat Coach, what you just said. I think you might have cut out. I said with Greg Warren and, and Jeffrey, man, being in the same locker room, I thought that was a great thing. Yeah. Like, you know, like a surreal moment, like for all three of us, being able to chop it up, knowing we went to college together, but being able to go in the locker room, you know, and share college experiences and, you know, kind of go against, like, the guys, like, the other guys that's, like, you know, that played in the ACC or played, right. you know, and, you know, kind of take it back to those college moments, man. I think that was real dope being or sharing the locker room with those guys, man. It was kind of cool. No doubt. Well, of course, Jeffrey was off the chain. I always got a kick off, a kick out of him. You know, he was, <laughs> he's a character. And then, uh, you know, Greg, Greg, for a, a snapper, you know, he, I think he power cleaned about 353 or something like that. So, I mean, he was slapped together now. Strong. You know, some of them snappers, are, you know, they're not that they're not that physical, but he, you know, he was. And I think it's one of the reasons he lasted for a while, you know. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And uh, what was that question again, Coach? I want to talk about, about the foundation. The foundation, 39 Legends Foundation, man. Um. You know, we give back to the community. Um, the foundation was started um, three years ago. And, um, you know, I had a mission of just, you know, being in the community and doing stuff with the younger generation, you know, and that's how I started off, um, just giving families, you know, around the holidays, you know, Christmas, like going in and, and providing the family with, you know, Christmas presents, you know, and, and, right. and then, the following year we started doing the turkey drive you know and um we've been doing that ever since man um and i think that's been i've been it's been really fulfilling on that each and every year now we're in a position to do even more we had a, a great response a lot of uh, a few foundations um you know be reaching out to partner and um yeah. you know, out with what we have going on in the community man and it's been an amazing thing for us like, and for my found myself and for my foundation. That's great. Have you talked to Jason Brown at all? Um, I haven't, but I keep in touch with him over, um, you know, IG. You know, I see okay. a lot of good stuff going on too, as well. Oh yeah, man! I've been out to his farm. It's incredible, and that that chapel he has out there for weddings, man. It, it's wow. You talk about a, a venue for a wedding. It's it's incredible. And uh, he's just done so much. And he's got, I don't know what he got, like eight or nine kids that he's homeschooled. Mm. And, uh, man, incredible. I mean, he he gave it all up, man. He gave up that contract to come and, and start that farm. So, yeah, it's, it's just incredible what he's done. But 
man, so many of the guys I coached up there have done just, just some fantastic things. It's so proud of a lot of those guys. The other guy too, I've had on Sean drawn, you know, uh, trying to maybe play some golf with him one day up there. I know he likes to golf a little bit with some boys. That, that, that he can he can swing that he can swing that um club man. That's what I heard. <laughs> That's why I haven't played with him. <laughs> he has a nice swing. He Good. probably take my money. Nah, you know. He, he he don't know. I hit from the gold tees though, man. I'm 67 now, so man. That's what's up. <laughs> Got to play too. So, so yeah, so uh, you know, before we. Before we sign off today, man, give me uh, give me some uh, details about your family. Uh, what's what's happening with you, man? Um, I have a son that's uh, just literally turned nine a few days ago, and and okay. my daughter, my son, my daughter's name is Naomi. She um she's six years old, and um you know they they like beautiful little people, man. I'm watching them grow each and every day, it brings you know happiness like in my heart and in my life, you know, it's beautiful. My parents, they still Clinton. My mother and my father still in Clinton. I have a brother he, he who still lives in Clinton. And my sister, my oldest sister and my oldest brother, they they probably about 10 minutes away from me in um, the, the Durham area. So we um, we still together, man. It's, it's, it's beautiful, man. We just out here just trying to, you know, thrive a little bit, coach. I got you, man. Mm-hmm. Well, I've already mentioned this is going to be pre-recorded. It's going to play tomorrow night. So uh, what you got planned for the Super Bowl tonight? Before I go to that Super Bowl question, yeah, and I have um, and my niece, I have a niece down in Alabama, and my okay. my middle niece, she's about, she's about to go to school, go to college next year, and she's thinking about going to Florida A&M. And um, I have a, my nephew, he's, um, he's a junior playing basketball at a private school. Gotcha. But but the Super Bowl tonight, man, um I can't go against Mahomes, man. You know, even though 49ers has tons of weapons and they have a great defense, man, um Kansas City's playing great ball right now. Yeah. They don't look like they did in the regular season. Right. Yeah. So yeah, what about yourself? Oh, we're just gonna hang at the house. Uh I'm gonna run over there and see my parents today. My parents are 88. And they, I st- they got uh, I got them living about four or five miles down the road, so I can take care of. You know, my dad was my coach in high school, mm-hmm. and uh, so uh, very important to me to take care of my folks. You know, they took care of me. I want to make sure I take care of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's how I feel about that. But uh, uh, but yeah, I just said you know I I started this podcast, and of course. Uh, one of the reasons I started is because, you know, I, I made a decision in my life when I retired. I was going to uh, basically uh, try to uh, give up a little bit of my ego to find the kingdom, you know. So, uh, uh, you know, basically, uh, you know, I've, I've tried to uh, put off the old man, put on the new man. So I, I always ask this, you know, if you if you can think of anything in your life that you overcame through your faith, you know, is well, you know, how important was your faith to you? And, and maybe even you might want to mention your dad, because I remember you saying that he had found his faith. Yeah, man, faith is, uh, you know, super important, especially when you, um, 
you in a position where you know things are just you know crumbling crumbling down on you just you know you have to have you have to have you have to believe in yourself you have to have some like level of faith to come out of it you know and you know when i was at unc and things that's the really the first adversity i ever faced and you know i just yeah. have myself and i believe that you know this this wasn't it you know and you know at the end of the day you know that light you know started shining and you know and um you know you believe you know you can go forward you believe man and have faith like so faith is everything man and it's something that you always or i always you know share with my um kids and yeah and, you know try to encourage them like it's not the end of the world like you know right. you're gonna trust me have faith yeah and i think it's very important for collegiate athletes to get some guidance there because uh I don't know. I mean, I think most of us when we're in college, we're in college losing our minds and doing all kinds of crazy stuff at times. But you need I mean, you really need somebody to give you some guidance there, particularly with uh, the NIL and the portal now. And the fact that you're wondering about, is anybody loyal anymore? And is, what what does this mean? And, you know, so I think that real uh, that strong foundation of faith at the collegiate level for collegiate athletes is really important. So I'm, I'm definitely going to keep uh emphasizing that in my little quest here but man it's been so great to, to talk to you uh so great to have you on because i haven't seen you for so long and uh you know we i got to get up there and see you. i'm gonna i'm gonna text you a few days when i'm up there see if you're available see if we can get together for lunch but uh thank you so much for uh opening up and and uh coming on the podcast today brother Man, I appreciate you, man. You know, anything for you, my guy. But, yeah, we definitely have to grab lunch when you're in, uh, in town, man. Let's do that. Okay. Thank you. All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and sign off, and you have a great time tonight. Hey, this is Jeff Connors uh, signing off for Absolute Empowerment, and uh, God bless. We'll see you next week. Thanks a lot, Willie. Yes, sir. Thank you. You've been listening to Absolute Empowerment with Coach Jeff Connors on the Sports Objective. Join us every Monday night for a new edition of the show. Listen to the show pretty much everywhere podcasts are found. Be sure to follow us on social media at The Sports OBJ on Twitter and TikTok, at The Sports Objective on Instagram. Like and follow our Facebook page and subscribe to our YouTube channel. As always, we appreciate you listening to the show. And go Pirates! Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.